Hey, this is Ben Chapman, and I just want to thank you for checking out today's podcast. We really hope that this would be life-giving for you, and that every time that you look at one of these videos, that you would see Jesus clearly. It's really our prayer for you, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, everybody. What's up, Luminous? Glad to, have, glad to hang out with you guys today. Everybody doing all right? Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I love Luminous. I love what God's doing at Ben and Brandy. I, I come with a few hats, so I, I I have a few hats and the things I want to communicate. So the first hat I want to just let you know is like I uh, am a dad. I'm a husband. Matter of fact, my wife's going to be here second service. She's sleeping in at the hotel because we came in really late last night. So she's going to be here. See the really tall blonde walk in and when you're leaving, that's her. Just say hi. Um, and I have like a billion kids, so here's some of them. Um, and uh, they got a couple friends in there, but this right here, the, the cool teeth work here, this is Jude. He looks like me. His twin brother Jonah's in the green. They don't look alike, obviously. They're 12. Anna is right over here. She's five. She's kind of the fun one. Then Campbell's in the back with the sunshades on looking super cool. Um, that's mine. And then the rest of everybody else is just friends. This was us uh, swimming last week, this weekend. We, I took them all swimming somehow without mom, and they all survived. <laughs> and, and this, I just have to you know, like this is literally, I was introducing them to Vanilla Ice during this picture. <laughs> ice, ice, baby. So anyway, that was a lot of fun. So that's my family. Uh, so my family, a recent pick of my family, and then Caleb will be here in a moment. Um, so excited about that, what God's doing. I get to serve with our Every Nation family, with our, which is our group of churches here. Uh, it's a global group of churches, not just here in the U.S., but globally. I get to serve on the North American strategic team. That's a lot of fun. So I want to tell you kind of what's going on in the globe. There's a lot of cool that are in the U.S. There's a lot of neat things going on. We have our BUILD conference, our North American Every Nation conference coming up this summer in Orlando. If any of you guys are able to come, it'll be so fun. It's going to be an amazing conference together. Um, man, we have new churches. I don't know if you know this. In Providence, Rhode Island, just launched a new church. We have a new church in Portland, Oregon, just opened up. We have uh, down in City Life Church in Houston, our sister church in Houston, just got into a new building just like you. And they're just a few months into their new building. It's amazing. And speaking of buildings, this place is awesome, right? Um, and there's not, I, I kind of miss the popcorn smell. Uh, from the movie theater, but man, what a great place that God's provided for you. Isn't God awesome? He's so great. So I, God's doing some amazing things around our, 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 our North American churches in Midland. Uh, I come from Mid-Cities Church, which planted, helped plant Luminous uh, several years ago. God's doing some amazing things. We're launching uh, two new sites um, in Midland. One, actually, our church is located between the cities. One in Midland that's going to be in English. And then we're starting uh, launching a new site in Odessa that's going to be completely Spanish-speaking. Um, and we're about to help launch a new church, in our second church in Mexico, in San Luis Potosí. All right, Potosí. I don't know how to say it. San Luis Potosí, right? Anybody help me out? All right. Is that good? All right. So over 2 million people live there, great universities there. This is going to be every nation's second church in Mexico. Julio and Sylvia Cerrone are helping plan this church. Uh, so there's a lot going on. Isn't it awesome to be a part of a movement that's planting churches, reaching campuses, and thinking globally, right? So praise God for that. That's just some things that are going around in our every nation world. We're really excited uh, about that, what God's doing. I also get to serve, as Blaze mentioned, as a board member here. 
at Luminous Church. And I'm excited about what God's doing through you. This building's amazing. Um, how God, in these few short years, has made you guys, uh, you guys are making a difference in the community. You're financially viable, sustainable, and accountable. And I'm just, uh, I praise God for that. You guys are doing an amazing job. And Pastor Ben and Brandy are doing an amazing job. I'm, I'm grateful that he and Brandy are able to take a weekend away. I, I want you to know, for your pastor, it's vital, as the man who's stewarding the vision that God's given for this house, that he get rest. Amen? Amen? And so that should come as an encouragement to you guys. And um, I'm so glad he and Brandon are getting some time. I text him, you sleep in, you have fun. And, you know, I, I'm sure he really, he's already texted me, how's it going, everything all right? <laughs> I love the church. I'm just saying, he loves you guys so much. And I want you to know um, that he loves and prays for you guys. And thank you for loving he and Brandon, because they're worth loving, aren't they? Yes. Yes. So, so thank you for receiving love on them. Um, today, I have a message for, for you. I feel like um, the Lord's given me. It's, um, uh, a few days ago, the Lord kind of spoke to me uh, as I was thinking about this moment uh, when I was in the shower. God ever speak to you in the shower? There's no cell reception in the shower. You know, there's no internet there. There's no children. That's why I go there a bunch. Sometimes I take three or four showers a day. As many kids as I have. And um, we... I was, sitting, uh, I was in the shower just praying for you guys, and the Lord brought this message on my heart. Um, and the message is entitled, Luminous, the Mission of God. Luminous, the Mission of God. It's found in Acts chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Acts chapter 13. If you don't have your Bible, that's all right. It'll be, the, the scriptures will be on the screen in a moment. Today, I want to take out four lessons. Um, four lessons about the mission of God for Luminous Church. And if you're a part of this house and this is your church, then I hope, I hope this is going to help you. And if you're not and you're a guest here, hopefully this will give you some indications of what, you, what God's going to be doing here at Luminous Church. Um, so the first lesson I want to dive into from Acts 13 is God births the mission. Let's say that together. God births the mission. He's the one who births it. Acts chapter 13, starting verse 1. Here we go. And there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, the member of the court of Herod and the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the what? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Let me see. So here we have this, this kind of picture in Acts 13, right? There's Saul, who's later named Paul, um, and Barnabas. And they're with these leaders in Antioch. And they're praying, they're worshiping, they're fasting, they're going hard after God. Just like we were just a few minutes ago. We're worshiping God, we're praying, right? And in that moment, the Lord spoke and said, I want you to set aside for me these two guys. Because I've got a mission for them. I've got a call for them. And I'm going to send them out. And they prayed and they fasted a little more. And then it said they laid hands on them and they sent them out. And then immediately after it says, the Holy Spirit sent them, Right? And as we read this story about these two, 
being sent out by the Holy Spirit, by the leaders at Antioch, I'm reminded that they didn't just go on their own. They didn't just go, you know what, I think I'm going to go to San Antonio by myself. I just got this idea, I want to plant a church called Luke. I got this idea, I want to do this. No, no, no. There was leaders involved, the Holy Spirit was involved, there was fasting, there was prayer. There was so much behind the scenes that were going on there. But, and it reminds me that if God bursts the mission, it'll succeed. If God's the one who birthed it, if he's the one who's developed, it's he, if it's really, let me tell you, if it's from the Lord and he bursts it, the mission will succeed. But if we try to birth our own mission and it's birthed out of just simply a good idea or a self-identified call, as opposed to the sending by our spiritual leaders and by the Holy Spirit of God, it can be disastrous. Matter of fact, when I think about this, I think of how luminous was begun. This church that we sit in now and worship and you guys enjoy in the community, how it, how it was launched and how it wasn't just birthed out of a one man's idea or self-determination or a guy with a bunch of energy that said, I want to go start something new. But it was, it was really birthed out of the mission of God. It was birthed uh, from a group of students who were being reached at UTSA. It was birthed out of, I remember, years ago. This was over 10 years ago. I was at a conference in California. I was sharing a room with another pastor. You know, we're just getting ready for the conference. We're getting ready for that day. We're talking for it out. I said, you know what? I think God has going to help plant a new church in San Antonio. And we're going to be a part of it. I just had this sense. I shared that with our leaders. I shared it with our elders. We would pray about it and talk about it. And then all the while, years later, this kind of work among the students at UTSA and some other churches in the community had a, a, a similar vision in our every nation world. And then all of a sudden, we began to pray and seek the Lord. And God illuminated a few leaders, Ben and Brandy Chapman. And out of God illuminating these leaders, there was a team that began to gather around them that felt called to come and launch this thing. And then there was prayer, and there was fasting, and there was worship. And it seemed good to God, and it seemed good to us. And we laid hands. I remember the moment clearly. We laid hands on Ben and Brandy and the whole team, and we sent them out. And let me just tell you, you can be sure if you're a part of this church, you're looking at being a part of this church, that this is something God has birthed. It's not a birth by me. This is something that's birthed from the Lord, and this is a, a mission from God. See, this is important for us to know, especially as a church, because today you're in a church that was birthed out of God's heart for this community, out of his mission. But I've seen it over and over again. I've seen ministries and good works and even people's individual lives that are birthed more out of the, they're, the, they're, they're on their own mission, not on God's mission. Let me just tell you, when you are on your own mission, it leads to problems and disasters. I've, just, I've, I've seen it relationally. This has happened so many times in ministry. How many times somebody will not wait on the, 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 the God's timing for God's purpose for them relationally, for their spouse. They go out do their own thing. They get impatient. They do their own thing, get on their own mission. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. When you step out on your own, let me just tell you, whether it's in life or relationships, especially in ministry, it doesn't end well. If we have the mission of God, and let God birth something, let me just tell you, what God births will work. 
and we'll succeed. And that's what we saw here at Antioch with Saul and Barnabas and what God is doing. But make sure that you're on God's mission, sent by his Holy Spirit, not your own mission. Say God's mission. God's mission. Not my mission. That's the first lesson we learned. Second lesson is opposition will come. Yeah, isn't that encouraging? Let's just go home right now. That's so encouraging. Opposition. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh. Yeah, opposition's going to come. Remember that? Remember Dorothy in uh, Wizard of Oz? Remember that old movie? Totally, that's right. And she finds herself in this new land. What's she say? We're not in Kansas anymore, are we? That's exactly what Paul and Barnabas discovered. When they left, they got prayed over, they got sent away, and they're like, come on, we're on the mission of God. Here we go. It's going to be exciting. When they left, they were, I mean, they're Antioch. Let me just tell you, they were in a great church. They were surrounded by believers that loved to pray and worship. They loved to hang out. I mean, they had good friendships and relationships. It was like, it was kind of like heaven on earth. I mean, they were there and then they're sent out and they're excited. Well, God has something great for us. And when they go and are on the mission of God, they enter Crazyville. <coughs> Crazyville. I mean, they enter. How many you know there's some crazy people out there? I mean, don't look at your friend right now, but just look at me because they're not crazy, I promise you. Crazy. That's exactly where they were led into. They encountered, verse 16, uh, verse 6 of, uh, of Acts 13, the, one of the first people they run into is Elimaeus. Elimaeus was a magician. Paul called him, literally, a son of the devil. How I many of you think that's probably not something you want to be called, right? The son of the devil. He had opposed them. Matter of fact, God blinded this guy as a sign and a miracle. It's amazing. They encountered opposition from Jews as they ministered in this Gentile city. Verse 45 of Acts 13. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. When they began to be on the mission of God, they experienced opposition. Verse 50. But the Jews incited devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city. These are the leaders. These are the, the spiritual fathers and mothers of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. I mean, you know, when you're on the mission of God, sometimes you find yourself facing opposition. Don't assume that because you're on God's mission that opposition won't come. There's this false assumption sometimes. It's like, if I'm doing what God want wants me to, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to go along great. We're not going to have any problems in our marriage. I won't experience any obstacles. I'll never be sad. Like, if I'm doing what God wants me to, I literally, I talked to a guy one time, and he says, I just don't know if God's in this thing because I'm not very happy. And I go, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how happy Paul was when he was in jail. I don't know how happy some of these guys were with experiencing difficulty and persecution. Like, sometimes, how many you know that when you're doing the mission of God, it's tough. And there's opposition, and there's people that rise up and try to oppose you, and there's friends. When you begin to do what God's called you to do, there's friends that will stand up against you. Uh, there is uh, there's opposition that's always a part of the equation. The enemy wants to use this opposition to make you give up. 
He wants to use this opposition. They say, you know what? I'm not going to pursue the mission of God anymore. It's too hard to develop relationships. It's too hard to develop friendships. It's too hard to do this. I just, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go do my own mission and abandon the mission of God. But here's what you need to know. The enemy wants to give up, but Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews 10, 39, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, we don't shrink back from opposition. See, when, when God's doing something in a place, when you step up and serve here at Luminous or in your community or you serve your family or friends, wherever you are, the enemy's going to bring opposition. When you get serious about the mission of God for your life, you're going to experience crazy. There's going to be enough crazy for everybody out there. Let me tell you, the crazy's coming to you if you're going into the mission of God. And how you deal with it matters. How you deal with the opposition and how you deal with the crazy. You see it as a sign that this isn't what God wants, or you see it as, you know what? The enemy's trying to get me to quit. The enemy's trying to get me to lose faith. But I'm not going to. I'm going to stay because I am on God's mission, not my own. I'm going to move through because I'm on God's mission. See, when you begin to boldly proclaim the gospel among your friends, your family, your community, you will experience opposition. Don't be surprised by this. Don't be surprised that people will oppose you. Don't be surprised that there might be persecution. Don't lose heart because sometimes opposition can be an indicator that you're on the right track. You're facing hard times. You face difficulties, relational challenges like Maybe go, hey, maybe I'm doing something because you're stirring up things in the spiritual world. The enemy doesn't want you to have a great marriage. The enemy doesn't want you to impact your friends and your workplace with the love of Jesus. He doesn't want all that. So he's going to bring opposition to discourage you and have you give up. But if you just give up, let me tell you, you're playing into his hand. If you stand up and say, no way. This means I'm, I'm kicking the devil's tail. I'm coming at it, and God's going to do something. So here's, here's, here's what's important. The mission of God isn't advanced on a recline. You don't sit back in your living room kind of just like the mission of God and the, 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 the kingdom of God expands just because we're sitting back. No, it expands when you engage with relationship, when you engage in your community, when you're going about to be about his business, not your own business. See, my business would be to sit in a Netflix binge on my recliner. Come on, somebody. That's my, that's my mission. What's, it, what's your mission for your life, man? My mission is to watch every really legitimate series on Netflix all the way through. <laughs> like, that's my mission. But God has a big, how many know God has a bigger mission than you watching the next Netflix binge? He has something more for you. He has something more for your family. He's got a bigger mission for you. And if you're about that mission and you're set on God's mission, don't let opposition discourage you. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. Paul Barnes didn't let it discourage them. And you need to know that if you're going to be on God's mission, you're going to have to leave your place of comfort. You're going to have to leave the recliner. And you're not in Kansas anymore. It's going to get a little crazy for you. How many of you are okay with crazy if it's God? Amen. Come on. As long as God, God, you're taking me into crazy. Okay, I know it's crazy out there. But as long as it's crazy with you. As long as it's crazy with you. Now, the third lesson we learned is not only that God's the one who works the mission, not only that, not only that the opposition is going to come, but thirdly, you have to preach the gospel. Listen, this is important. You've got to preach the gospel if you're going to be on the mission of God. Acts 13, 38 through 39. 
Let it be known to you, therefore, this is Saul preaching to these guys. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that though this man, speaking to Jesus, through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, by Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed from the law of Moses. How many of you have trusted Jesus and he freed you up? How many of you have experienced God's forgiveness? How many of you have experienced his love? How many of you experience his adoption? You see, the gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. That he lived a life we couldn't live. And that he died death. We should have died. And he did it in our place. Three days later, proving he is who he said to us, the Son of God, he rose from the dead. Conquering death and hell forever. And offering salvation, eternal life. Forgiveness of sins for everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. Who would trust him and put their faith in him. And repent of their sin. That's the gospel. And this is important because the gospel is powerful. The gospel brings people from a place of separation of God to connection with God. The gospel redeems people to their created purpose that God has given them. The gospel is more than enough. Don't get too cute. You don't have to come up with some reason for them to come follow God. All you have to do is proclaim the gospel. You can't change your heart. Only God can. So when you're talking with your friends, when you're talking with your coworkers, when you're talking wherever the mission that God's called you to, it's not your job to change them. It's your job to proclaim the gospel. God's the one who changes people. Isn't that good news? Nobody changed you. God did. Nobody, nobody came and manipulated you. God changed you. He's the one who transforms our heart. He's the one who changes it. And he does it through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't get too cute. The gospel works. It works all the time. The way here last night, we're driving from Weatherford. A friend of mine, dear friend, Kayla and I had their 40th surprise birthday party last night. And when it was a blast, there was a band, we were dancing, I embarrassed my wife, it was so fun. And on the way, driving in last night, I got an update from one of our friends that's, mission, that, that's um, serving Syrian refugees in the Middle East. This is one of our, our supporters, these are folks that we sent out from the church, we love them, they're amazing. Peter said this, this is amazing, it was a, there in the Syrian refugee camp, they had about 40 or 50 small groups reaching about 150 to 200 people in a largely, obviously, in the Muslim part of the world, Muslim area. They had been sharing the gospel, and they had lost 40 to 50 groups. Isn't that amazing? Last year, they had 40 to 50 groups that were meeting, groups of two and three and four and five, and different groups of pockets around the Syrian refugee camp. And they were reaching over 200, 150 to 200 people through these small groups. In one year's time, in one year's time, this, I want to make sure I get this right. I don't want to see some pre preachers can lie because they get real excited. Here we go. From 40 to 50, they've grown to 120 to 150 small groups in this refugee camp. One year, since May of last year. Reaching 700 to 1,000 people, refugees in And you know what? They're not promising them, like, hey, if you come to Jesus, you get a brand new car. If you come to Jesus, you get this. You get, 
they, they're not, they don't have light. They don't have cool like air-conditioned spaces like you, my church, and your church. They don't have any of that. All they got is one individual that's sitting down with them in a group and saying, here's the good news. It's that God became man in Jesus Christ. We don't have to work our way to him. He came to us. He lived the life we should have lived, and he died the death we should have died. He did it in our place. And then three days later, he rose from the dead, conquering death and hell, and offering salvation, repentance of sin, forgiveness of sin for all who repent in their faith in Jesus. They're sharing the gospel, and it's working. You know why it's working? Because the gospel is more powerful than human logic. Because the gospel is more powerful than some trick you come up with or some cute thing. When you invite people to church, you engage them with the gospel, you love on them, you share the gospel, what Jesus has done in your life, get ready. It will work. Whatever missions God puts you on in your family, in your neighborhood, whatever God, mission God puts you on in this church, whether you serve with the kids or in the youth, or you serve in a, as a small group leader, or you, just, you serve coffee and pastries out there, you're flipping buttons, leading worship, whether it's in this house or outside in your community, let me tell you, the gospel works every time. We share the gospel. And that's exactly what these guys did. They simply told him about Jesus. Don't get too cute. The opposition's going to come. But you be faithful with the gospel. Finally, on God's mission, here's, here's the final lesson we got to learn. Is your city going to be impacted? How many want San Antonio to be impacted with the gospel? Okay, let me ask that again like you're alive and here this morning. How many would like San Antonio to be impacted with the gospel? Yeah, that's why we're here, because God's birthed this mission, and he had, a, he had a heart and a vision for what he wanted to do in San Antonio. He had a heart and a vision for what he wanted to see, and a people that he wanted to reach and gather together. A beautiful, diverse group of people that's coming together to worship Jesus together, to pray together, to reach campuses together, to plant other life-giving churches together. And that's exactly what you're going to be. And let me just tell you, if, if that's going to happen, it's going to be because the city is impacted. And when Paul and Barnabas, they went into this city and sent by the Antioch leaders, but the mission first from God, they impacted their region. Acts 13, look at verse 48 and 49. It says, and when the Gentiles heard this, after Paul's preaching to them, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. As many as were appointed to eternal life believed that the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Man, everybody in the word of God changed. Expand throughout the whole area of the region. I don't know that at the time they knew what was really happening. I, mean, I don't think we ever realize at the moment how much of an impact we might be making. We think we're just inviting somebody to church. We think we're just smiling at somebody who cut us off. We think we're just, you know, in a moment at work, somebody who's depressed and Discouraged, we think we're just kind of saying, hey man, can I pray with you? It's just a prayer for us. It's a moment. And we don't really understand the impact that it can make. The lives that we change. We don't, I don't think we realize. I, I don't know that they realized it at the time. For every moment that they shared, every person that they served, everyone they shared the gospel with, everyone that was baptized, everyone that every child that was held, every kid that was ministered to. 
And I don't know that we realize that in mid-cities, in Midland, Odessa, the Burning Basin, or here in San Antonio, Luminous Church, that every song that we sing at every moment has the opportunity to transform lives and impact lives and change our region because God is using it and working through us to impact others. I don't know if we completely realize that families are being changed and lives are being changed and eternities are being changed because of what God is doing. We just see right here, we don't see from God's perspective. And I don't know that those guys in this whole region that saw Barnabas were ministry to, I don't know if they knew this. I don't know if they understood that there would be a lasting church that would end up there. That would make a difference in their kids and their grandkids and their grandkids. I don't know if they realized that, that it would impact regional leaders and governmental leaders. I don't know if they realize that, that just being faithful to the gospel, being on God's mission, and being faithful in the midst of persecution and, and, and opposition, I don't know if they realized that God was going to do something that people would read about 2,000 years later and draw encouragement from and inspiration to be on the mission of God.
Joy and with what? Oh, man. Joy, the Holy Spirit. Despite the persecution, despite the opposition. Man, God's doing stuff in their city. God's doing stuff in their workplace. God's doing stuff in their church. And he's doing stuff in them. Listen, I want to be a good soldier for God. Like, I don't mind taking my weekend to come hang out and preach for you. I don't mind doing a funeral. I don't mind doing a wedding. I don't mind doing all the things God's called me to do because I'm a pastor. You know, that's why I get paid the big bucks. But if I'm just a good soldier for God, and I'm just impacting the city for God, I'm just helping other people, man, I'm just got to be honest, that's going to be pretty tiring, unless God gives me a joy and his presence. And if he gives me joy and his presence, man, I can do this till I die and beyond. Because I want him near. I want to do it alone. And let me just tell you that you'll never experience the joy, the true joy, you're on your own mission. The joy comes when you're on God's mission. The joy comes when His presence is near and you need it because you're facing opposition. You don't know how to deal with it, but He does and He's near you. The joy comes when sharing the gospel will change lives when really nothing you have will change a life, but everything He has will change their life. It's time. Let me just tell you,
that this place, Luminous Church, would live in such a way that they're on your mission, not their own. And as they're on your mission, they would help people see Jesus clearly. People would see the light of Jesus in them. People would see the light of Jesus in worship that when people would see the light of Jesus in small groups, and discipleship groups, and the children's ministry, and that San Antonio and the community would be impacted, and your presence and your joy would be made complete in us. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand for what He's doing? Here this morning, you've been with an available company. Utilize that 